most of the scriptures up here that we're going to share. But how many people love a good fishing story? Well, it's much more than that. I'll tell you what, we were setting up this morning. I heard Brian and Michael and theirs out there, and I saw this and this and this and this. I knew what they were talking about. Got to be the, the one that got away. That must have been the one that got away, right? No, but I tell you what, we enjoy that, especially where we live here. So much uh, depends on the livelihood of fishing and crabbing and different things like that. So it's good. So to, to get where I want to go today, I kind of got to do a little bit of unpacking. So I'm going to share a few things. But it's really about decisions. We always have decisions. Anybody ever made a poor decision? All right, I'm going to pray for everybody else with their hand down right now. Raise your hands up here. And then we've got daily decisions, you know. But you know what, really I hope as we go through this that God shows us through the power of the Holy Spirit and through his word that we make the best decision. And the way we make the best decision is responding out of obedience to the Lord. Amen. And so today we're going to see uh, as we walk through the word, uh, I think it's a great example because I don't know if you guys can identify with Jonah. You just say amen as we go through if something hits in your heart. But I can tell you, uh, I ain't proud of it, but I sure have done some of these things. Anybody ever run from God? I got spiritual track shoes early in my life, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm running. Right? But man, when somebody told me about the good news and it actually got into my heart, man, I want to put them shoes on and run towards the Father. I want to run towards his grace and run towards his, his uh, love for us. So today I want to share a little bit. Like I said, we're going to be at the book of Jonah. It's only about four chapters, but it's packed full of life lessons. So we're going to jump straight on in today. And so what we see here is Jonah was a prophet for the Lord around 785 B.C. under King Jeroboam II. And uh, here's Jonah. He's, he's just on the run from God. And I start out here and it says, The Lord gave the message to Jonah. Get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because they have seen, I have seen how wicked they are. Now Nineveh, I, it's, it's really some cool stuff to learn. Now. Nineveh is now the modern day Iraq. And Nineveh was the, the biggest city at the time. And what's so cool when they finally get the message, I'm probably tipping my hand a little bit. In all of history, out of all the great revivals, there's never been a bigger revival than what happened here when they turned from their sin and turned back to God. No more people had ever turned to God at one time throughout the Bible and throughout history than this right here. How many know sometimes God will use you to turn things around for the Lord? But you know what? It doesn't always come in the way that we, we like. It doesn't always come in the comfortable decisions for us. But I'm going to give you a little bit more background on the folks. So the folks from Nineveh, uh, they were Gentiles. They were rough, man. They were bad news, let me tell you. They would take the, the bodies of their enemies when they won a war, and they would use them to make statues in their town. I think I would skip that on my... Uh, my, my, my little vacation time. I don't think I need to see all that. But I mean, this is how wicked these folks were. But God still was willing to extend mercy and grace. That's going to help somebody today. It makes me say, thank you, Lord, that I'm not too far gone. Somebody say, amen. <coughs> so we go on in verse 3. It says, this. It says, but Jonah got up and went, to the went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Man, let me tell you, sometimes we just want to get away. We go, well, you know what, if, if I'm not in the area, if I'm, not, if I'm not showing up at church, then, you know, it doesn't affect me. Let me tell you, we got a big God. And there's nowhere you can run, nowhere you can hide, nothing you can say or not say that he doesn't know about. Amen. The good news is, even in our poor decisions, God is more than enough to love us through it. 
but we got to turn. So let's keep on going. So he's running, he gets on the boat, and God sends a terrible storm and seas, right? And the sailors know something's wrong, and they're praying, God, give us the answer. What is going on? You ever been in a storm like that? What is going on? Now, your storm might not be physically uh, the, the rain and, and, the, and the boisterous winds, but it might be financial. It might be family. It might be addiction. It might be any of those things that we don't really like to talk about, but that's a storm, man. And so in those times, how do we respond? Do, do we turn around and blame God? Do we, we look at everybody else? Why is this happening to me? I did a message earlier in the week and it says, why me? I don't know if you guys got to see that. It's just a little short devotion. A lot of times when we hear why me, we go, why me? Why is this going on? I want to flip that on the end for a minute. Why me? Why did God die for me? Why did God love me so much? You got to make it personal. Why, why did he send his son to, to die on a cross and raise on the third day for my sin? You know what the answer is? He loves us. It's grace. It's mercy. And you're going to see that throughout this whole deal. It's amazing. Throughout the 48 verses that they really use to, to, in, the, in the Bible to, to be sharing about in this story here, that they use to really hone in and get the people to turn from their sin, right? There's only about five that he's really coming down on the, on the whole people, if you're with me, the Nineveh. But the other 43, he's really trying to get to the heart of his servant. And what that shows me is this. No matter how big the crowd, how small the situation, how good you think it's going, or how bad it really is, God is more than enough. He is not willing for us to perish. See, we got to come to a decision time. Are we going to live for God, or are we going to live for the world? So today's message, I'm going to let you know right up, if you all tuned in on, and, and, and here, this ain't no joke. This is not a feel-good message. It can be. <laughs> but you got to make a decision. And I'm telling you what, you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you, amen? Let's keep on rolling. So we keep on going through here, and many of you all know the story. But the sailors go in and say, what's going on? And finally they confront Jonah, and he starts telling them his story. He says, hey, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord God in heaven who made the sea and the land. Oh, by the way, I'm running from him. Now, I don't know what the Hebrew or Greek was back then, but I bet you they said, say what? <laughs> You're doing what? You running? Isn't it crazy that we actually think we can run from God? I mean, save us up a whole lot of mileage on our tennis shoes, right? It really could. He's all-knowing, he's all-loving, and he's all for us. So they go on, and so they say, man, how in the world are we going to do this? So they start throwing the cargo off and everything. Can you just, I want a picture to put ourselves in the store for a minute. Here's the storm. Now, these guys, no doubt, had seen a little bit of turbulent times. This must have been one crazy storm. And so they said, well, to tell you what, we're going to throw the cargo off. Now, I didn't think about it just right now to right now. You know what? We get packed up and ready to go on vacation. You've got all these bags and everything. Oh, got to have this, got to have this. When it comes down to your life, you will sling your drawers right out on 95 if you think it's going to save you. You'll be getting stuff out of there. Let's go, let's go, let's go. They were getting rid of all the stuff. But God didn't want the stuff. He wanted their heart. He wanted them. See, that's the crazy thing as we look through all this here. I thought it was kind of amazing as I studied this week that, you know, a lot of times we think, well, I'll get, to, I'll, get to the, I'll get to the fish part. Let's just keep on going. So they turn around, and finally, Jonah says, look, just throw me overboard. Just throw me overboard. And the guys are like, man, you know, I don't know what else to do. They said, Lord, forgive us, and away he went. <laughs> 
They probably didn't have to ask them twice when that water was coming in. <laughs> Got to go. Boom. And we know the story says he was in the belly of a great fish, a big fish for three days. And there's so many things that we can learn about this, but I, I want to try to just give you the best back, back of the story that I can. So as Jonah's swallowed up by this great fish, a lot of times we, we think that God is using a certain situation for punishment. I want you all to hear this. But he's actually using something for preparation. You hear what I'm saying? It wasn't so much that it was for punishment. It was for preparation. The Bible said he was in there for three days, but still hadn't repented. Finally, he says, okay, I'll go. I'm going to break it down in buck row terms. Oh, okay. It wasn't that, Lord, you, man, Lord, okay. You know what? I understand. This is what's going on. Okay, send me. Still half-heartedly, but God's still working with the big picture. I want to, what that shows me is that God will take you right where you are, but he loves you so much he refuses to leave you there. He will continue to work with us and walk with us as he continues to work in our life. Let's keep on rolling. So we know the story as he turns around, the, the, the fish comes in and just throws him up right on the sea. Now, I want you to picture this. Here's this prophet of God now, and he's being disobedient. God takes that pretty serious, don't he? But he's still extending grace all the way. He has an opportunity to turn back. He has an opportunity to turn to, to, to go with it. And he comes up, and what I thought was amazing how God shows this stuff as we take some time in the study. The Ninevites, are y'all ready for this? You know what God they worshipped? They worshipped the fish God. I said, now, ain't that cool? God takes the very thing that they're worshipping and says, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to overcome you with this right here. I'm going to show you who is, the, who is the king, who's over everything. Isn't it kind of amazing? If you look back even with Moses uh, against the plagues, each one of those plagues was a God that, 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 that they were putting higher than the one true God. And he uses those things to say, no, 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 I'm the one. No, 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 I'm the one. I'm the one. What is it that we put between us and God? Because he's the one. And the very thing that you love and very thing that you have and everything else, it's a blessing from the Lord. I'll be honest with you, when I first started hearing about the Lord with my heart, I had heard about him with my ears. I mean, you know, it takes a little bit to drop from here to here. I thought, man, you know, I, I should love my family the most. But in my prayer time, the Lord showed me, who, who gave you your family? I did. He's first. And everything else will fall in line. Everything else will fall in line. Didn't say it's always going to be comfortable. Some of those decisions that we have to make are not always comfortable. Amen? But they can always be the best when we seek the Lord. So we look at this, and I'm going to kind of just give you an overview because we don't have time to go through all of this right here. But look at this here. For 40 days in Nineveh, this is what, what he says. This changes the whole deal. Eight words he speaks, and I'm going to get to it in a minute, though. Let's go ahead and click it on here. Eight words. There it is. He says them. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming. Look at this right here. This is what he tells him. Can you imagine? All the things he could say, he didn't bring his message, he brought God's message. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight words transformed a whole city. 
But see, they took it to heart. They took it to heart. God knows how to reach his people. In the first chapter, it really deals with the disobedience of the prophet. The second chapter really deals with the dis discipline of the prophet. The third chapter is really the message given by God, not the messenger. See, that's a God message right there. And then God reveals the heart of himself to the people and what he's really like. That's the power of the gospel message, amen? But what we want to talk to you today is sometimes we start out in disobedience, don't we? And I want to share a few things about that. And I wrote this, I said, disobedience is costly not only for the person disobeying, but for others as well. Can you think about that for just a second? Jonah's disobedience to God endangers the life of the whole, whole crew on the ship. Have you ever heard this? I'm not messing with anybody. I don't see why y'all in my business. I'm not hurting anybody. It's my life. I want to do what I want. Come on now. I don't, I don't see what's the big deal. I'm going to do what I want. I'm not hurting anybody. Let me tell you what. God will use your life to impact the family, the job, the school system, the capital. And if you just throw your hands up and say, well, I'm not hurting anybody, you know what? You're a piece of the puzzle. You're God's masterpiece. God has something that he planted in you that he didn't plant in anybody else. Now, I'm going to tell you this. That doesn't mean that his plan won't keep on rolling if you don't you know, fall in line. But wouldn't you rather be a part of it? Us to disjoint it in some of those things? I found this, that God is so merciful that even when we're going through different things in our life, God is so faithful to bring things to our remembrance. When I was doing this message, I was debating on sharing this tonight a little bit. I was doing this message and I was working through some stuff at the house. And uh, I was listening to something and I was writing some stuff down. And there was a statement said that, you know what, when God has a plan for your life, which he does, and when God has, has put his finger on something in your life, even if he doesn't choose to enforce it right then, God will turn around over the years and he will work all things together so that you will come to that understanding of what he's called you to do. And in that minute, Denise had the TV on and I had the Bibles open and I just started to weep. And then she's like, what's wrong? I was like, man, God is showing me something. And in that instant, I had not thought about this in 45 years. I went back to when I was about 10 years old at a baseball diamond at John B. Carey School. And I was waiting for all my friends to show up, but nobody was there. And I was sitting on the right side of the bench all the way up, one from the top, and I was just sitting there. And I remember just in that moment, my, my, it's like God's replaying this in my heart. I hadn't thought about this in years. And in that moment, God was revealing to me where my life would be today. I didn't see it then. I didn't understand it then. I didn't understand. I knew that God was showing me something then, but hey, I wasn't going to church. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't grow up in church. Many of y'all know. I went to church once when I was five, once when I was 30. God will still work with that promise he puts on your life, amen? The reason I'm saying that is, don't think you're too far gone. But you know what? Sooner is better. I look back in my life now, there was many decisions that I made were just total disobedience to God because I was running, I was doing. But through the grace and mercy of God, and he's still working on me, I'm preaching to me first. God was so gracious to just give me a little glimpse of that the other day. I said, Lord, I have ran. I have been disobedient. I'm hard-headed. 
and you still will work with me. Man, that's the God I want you to see today. That's the God I want you to know about in the midst of those things. Let's keep on going. Hatred divides and reveals our hardened heart. Think about that. Look at the life of Jonah. He's like, I ain't going. I'm not going. This is God's man. And he's still pushing back. We are God's people if we put our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. When we believe in the Lord Jesus, confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. I'm not talking about mumbling words. I'm talking about having to understand that he rescues us out of hell and sets us in the family of God to be used for the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. That's, what he, that's why we come here, to worship him, to get charged up so we can go out to the highways and the, and, the, and, the, and the hedges to share what God's doing. Man, let me tell you what. God is an awesome God. But that hatred starts to divide. He said, no, I'm not going. Let him go. You know what? You'll probably be people in your life sometimes. You turn around and you say, I did everything I can do, Lord. Just let him go. But God's not willing to let him go. God's willing to say, you know what? I'll keep on extending grace. I'll keep on loving them. And aren't you glad that he did that for you? Look at this. Amen. Yes, indeed. Disobedience is, is fuel for the devil's fire. Woo, he loves that, don't he? I bet he was whispering in his ear. He said, man, they'll never catch you. Get on that boat. They'll never catch you if you do this. You do that, amen? Right on, right on. Come on in, brother. We got room for you. So you know what? As we continue to run, man, we continue to fuel that fire for the enemy. Man. But let me tell you what, God's grace can quench those fiery flames, right? We know that he equips us for everything we need. He equips us for everything that's going on, that we can continue to work in that. And I tell you what, God is just so amazing. And I, I said, Lord, I thank you for all you do. Even in the midst of our disobedience, God continues to feed the flame of our faith if we keep on listening to him. Amen? So look at this. Disobedience drives us further from God and deeper in destruction. Can I get an amen there? When we run from God, we ain't going in the right direction. Right? We just keep on running. We keep on going. We keep on getting further and further away. Right? And that voice that we once heard that was so clear, it starts to get like that and like that, like that, because we turn up the volume of the world. I'll show you. We turn it up with more stuff. I'm not preaching to get stuff. But if it's out of whack in the things of the kingdom, then it's not good. What about that? Hey, well, you know what? I just, I just need a bigger house. I ain't preaching against a, bad, a bigger house. I'm just saying anything that gets between you and God is not best for you. They're good things, but I want the God thing. How about you guys? But those things can drive wedges in there and just bring us into deeper destruction. Disobedience is a slippery slope that starts us running from God. We start running from God. When we got a decision to make, we're talking about decisions today. I got to, you can raise your hand and now you can just go, mm-hmm. You can say, amen, or, or, oh, me. When you met your spouse, did you pray about it? <laughs> Woo, it's quiet. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we're going to do a, a wedding, a, a marriage counseling thing here. How about that? She did. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, some people say, hey, I didn't then, but I do now, right? But, you know, do we really seek the Lord about that? What about the job you take? What about the career path that you did? Did you really pray about that? Did we really spend some time in that? What about the new business deal, the new business adventure? Have you prayed about it? Have you said, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Because I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of good deals that come out that are not the God deal. The enemy will put things in your path to trip you up to keep you from the God thing. He don't mind giving you a little good thing if he can keep you from the God thing. 
We want the God thing, amen? So that's why it's so important for us to seek the Lord. But you know what? We are some disobedient folks. I'm talking to me first. And what do we say? We love to run from God, don't we? Got them spiritual track shoes. I'm going, I'm going. I said this, you cannot seek God's love and run from him at the same time. Like this. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be all over the road. As my dad used to say, son, you can't plow backwards looking backwards. You got to be looking forward, man. You got to be, keep going, you know. Where am I at? Where am I going? Well, I got to keep my eyes on the Lord. I got to keep my focus on the king. I got to keep seeking him. I got to keep looking at the GPS, right? What I call the GPS, God's perfect standard, the word of God, right? We got a GPS for everything else, right? We, oh, man, we got to do this, do this. I tell you what, how many got a, a, a GPS you turn the wrong way? It says recomputing. Same with the Bible. I'll be going down the road and I didn't, I, I didn't seek after the Lord. I need to be recomputing. <laughs> I need to be turning. I need to be turning, right? Look at this. I said, even when Jonah wasn't physically running from God, he was still resisting on the inside. Now, that's going to speak to somebody right there. We can show up here, but our hearts be far away from God. We can, we can give, but our hearts are far from God. We can serve, but our hearts are from, far from God. God is more interested and what's going on in you, then where you are. Then your position, then your status, or anything else. You ever go somewhere, maybe when you're growing up or something like that, and you go to a neighbor's house, and they got all this stuff and you don't have that? How you feel? A little inadequate maybe, whatever. Different things like that. Now you grow up, somebody got the promotion you didn't get. Somebody got a bigger house that you didn't get. You know, it's, you know what's involved? You, 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 I, I, I. When you come to the Lord and the Lord starts revealing what you do have, you don't worry about all that stuff. Man, I'm thinking, I'm not going to hell. That's a good deal. Man, I'm thinking God would use me in the midst of this. I'm thinking, guess what? Even in my disobedience, God will correct me. Didn't say it was fun. But he would use things to prepare me for the next thing that he wants to do in my life so that he can work through my life. You're sitting here today, God might be working something in your life right now that he can work through your life later. Are you willing to stop running? You can't be looking backwards. I said, focusing on the fear instead of faith drives us away from God. Now, I know this doesn't happen to anybody else, but we turn around and we go, but what if? But what if this happens? What about this? Well, what if I don't get the job? Well, what if she says no? But what if the, the woulda, shoulda, coulda? Anybody play the woulda, shoulda, coulda game? Yeah, it is a, it's exhausting, isn't it? I will say this about Jess. I'm going to put you on the, on, the, on, the, on the deal, Jess. My young son, he, he doesn't really do that. I said, Jess, what are you doing on this business deal? He says, I'm doing this and I'm going to go with this. I said, well, what happens if that don't happen? You got a backup plan? He said, no, I'm going to go with this. I'm trusting that this is going to go through. It's not that he's not thinking about it. He said, I'm not going to take my energy worrying about what's not going to happen. I'm going to take my energy, Dad, and move forward because when it does happen, I'm going to be ready. He did not get that from me. <laughs> okay. Just saying. But see, that's things that God will drop in your spirit because you know what? The whole deal is when God's preparing us and everything else. What's the whole thing? It's better to, to, to be prepared and not have an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. That's the way we need to be going and moving through things, right? Pick up a little steam here. 
I said, when we stop running, God can use us and our past mistakes to help others see his mercy. Everybody's got a past. Aren't you glad it's in the rearview mirror? I'm going to tell you what. God can use, I say this, it seems like I'm saying this more each week, but I'm going to tell you. God can use the very thing in our life that we think that disqualifies us to be the very thing that he uses as a platform to reach somebody else. Come on. I talk to people all the time. People that, most people in the neighborhood or in the area know me, so I don't have to go through this. Even people don't know me. They go, you just don't understand. And all my friends go, you might be surprised. <laughs> he, might, he might have had a little bit more background than you thought, right? Kevin always say, I won't always a preacher. <laughs> I won't always an electrician and all that. But you know what? The reason I bring that up is, is because God's grace and mercy will take us and move us forward, but we got to stop running from him. We need to start running to him, amen? And I want to talk about that right now. Let's look a look at this. Jump back to the story. This is in chapter 3. I probably covered some of this. It's a lot of words I'm going to try to get through here just to set the stage here. Chapter 3 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. You catch that? He had already told him. Now he's telling him again. He's got his attention now. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. He didn't say, hey, I want you to go in there and see what you think. Hey, he didn't go in there and say, do your best. He said, I want you to go there and proclaim my message. See, a lot of times we get going and we get right up to the edge of the curb, and then we're going to give people our message. Our message better be his message. Amen. So Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Where we say those eight words transformed the whole nation. Amen. The Ninevites believed God. Do you see how important faith is? They believed God. A fast rope was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. That's how they would repent and show that they're turning from their ways and turning back to God. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. He was showing repentance, turning from their evil way. This is the proclamation he issued to Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals or herds or flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently. Did y'all see that word right there? Urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger, so that we will not perish. When God saw that they did what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. They took it serious. I don't think we take it serious sometimes to realize. See, you got to have an even gospel, okay? The deal is this. God is awesome and he's holy and he's loving and he's everything, but he's just. And there's one way to heaven. The Bible says in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father. Look, he says, there's therefore no condemnation for those who call on Christ Jesus, right? To come to the saving knowledge of the Lord. Look at this. But if we reject him, guess what we get? Hell's the default. You know what really works on my heart? I do a lot of funerals, unfortunately. 
That's just part of life. As my dad used to say, hey, we're on the conveyor belt of life. Get in line. I'm a simple guy, man. I love my dad. He, he just break it down. He said, look, make it, we're getting out of here to make room for the next batch, son. Don't worry about it. Okay, dad. But see, he could say that with peace because he knew the Lord. There's a big difference. But what I was getting at is this. As we go through these different things, we got to repent. We got to turn. It means that we are agreeing with God and we're turning from that and turning to God. Not running from God, running to God. And guess what? You're probably going to blow it the next day. Maybe the next minute. But God is quick to, to, to forgive us when we're quick to repent. Look at David's life. Perfect example. Man, he messed it up. Look at so many people in the Bible. Look at Saul that became Paul. He was given the order to stone people and everything else. And then when he finally got it face to face with the Lord, when the Lord touched his heart, everything changed. Has the Lord touched your heart in a way that things change? Has it turned around and you said, wait a minute. How can I continue to run this race and live in disobedience and act like it don't bug me? Here's my thing. If it don't bug you, I check where I'm running the race at. Do I know him? Now, I'm just telling you that. When I blow it, it bugs me. Does that keep me from I'm never blowing it again? Nope. But I tell you what, I, I go, Lord, I did not choose well. Help me in this situation. When the word got to the king, he even had the decree said, we're going on a fast. And not only that, your dog's going on a fast. How about that? Yeah. Your pet rabbit, everybody, all the livestock. I'm telling you, this is the deal. We're going to do what we can to show God. We're, we're, we mean business. Do you mean business with God? Are we just playing footsie, spiritual footsie? Yeah, yeah. See, I think the danger of coming to, to, to save a knowledge of Christ and not walking in that is that we miss the benefit of knowing what we've been saved from. You got to know what you're saved from so you can run to what he's given you. Man, I don't know about y'all. Has anybody ever grabbed a hot plate? Donna, I know you have many times, probably every day, grabbing a stove or something like that. Man, you, you don't have to, nobody's got to tell you twice that to grab that, do they? We're walking through different things. I, I had a buddy of mine one time went through a situation. He goes, I'll give you a perfect example. He, got, he, got, uh, he, was, he was almost home. He could see his streetlight. He had drank two beers instead of one beer, came home, and they pulled him over. And guess what? Click, click. Not condoning that. He goes, man, I could walk home. But he was over the legal limit. And so he went to the lawyer and stuff, and he said, look, man, if this ever happens again, you could do that. And it, and it, oh, by the way, they took him downtown, and his sister didn't answer it's a long night. A long night. And so they told him, they said, uh, hey, look, if this ever happens again, what you need to do is, he said, buddy, you don't understand. This ain't never going to happen again. Ever. But then it got worse. Because when they went to go get on the base to go to work, they pulled the stuff and checking everything. Guess what? They won't let him on. So now he can't work. So they had to let him go. Got anybody's attention yet? And so when he goes back and he goes to court and they said, if this ever happens again, he said, listen, this ain't never going to happen again. As far as I know, it don't. Because he understood what it cost. 
Now, that's just a small little thing, but you can see how your world can get whipped around real fast. You go from this, oh, I'll just pay the fine. Guess what? Hard to pay the fine when you ain't got a job. Hard to pay the fine when, when, when they impound your car. Hard to pay the fine when they got you locked up. This guy ain't never been in no trouble before in his life. One poor decision set things in motion. The good news was he didn't run from God. He ran to God. Did he still have the scar tissue? Did he still have to do this and everything? Did he feel the burning? Yes, he did. But guess what? As they say in one of my favorite movies, he got his mind right. <laughs> Y'all ever see that movie? I got my mind right. Yeah. I tell you what. What is it going to take for us to get our mind right? But better yet, what's it going to take to get our heart right? I'll show you what it's going to take to get our heart right. Repentance. Amen. Nobody wants to hear much about that. Jonah had an awakening in his life, man. In critical times of our life, usually we have that moment of awakening, that aha moment, man, when Jonah realized that God had spared his life and began to put things in their proper perspective. He got his mind right. He got an awakening. Have you ever come to the saving knowledge of something of, of God sparing you or bringing you through something? And you go, ooh, that could have been bad. Y'all ever say that? Ooh, you go through the light and you turn sideways, the car flips around, everything else, you say, and go, you're checking all your parts, make sure you got all your digits and everything. You go, that could have been bad, right? In life, there's always opportunities to do the wrong thing. But there's also opportunities to do the right thing. Let me just make sure if any of y'all, most of y'all know me in here. I am not standing here telling you that I've made all the right decisions. But I'm going to tell you what. This message is piercing my heart. Because I need to make better decisions. I need to make quicker decisions to repent and turn and go and follow the Lord. Fill up on the word of God. Look at this. God gave him a second chance. Has God ever gave you a second chance? We need to be praising him, man. We need to be praising him. Look at this. I said, God is patient with sinners and his servants for a season. But guess what? Payday's coming. Now, I'm not telling you this to scare you. I'm telling you this to prepare you so that we make good decisions. It's all about decisions, right? I don't want to give you half of the piece of the puzzle, right? This just popped in my head. If you guys left here today, and I pray it doesn't happen, you left out here today and turn around, and right you get to the intersection, you see a car wreck. Boom, and you're the first one on the scene, and it doesn't look good, and we don't know if that person's going to make it and everything else. Are you going to say, hey, you know what? God's got a plan for your life. I bet you're going to be thinking, do you know the Lord? Do you know the Lord? Do you know the Lord? Like I said, the many times I've said in the last 21 years, set beside somebody that's getting ready to, to graduate, I'll say, leave this place and go to where their spiritual destination is. For the believer, we know it's in the presence of God. For those that have rejected the gospel, we know what? It's without God. Oh, the word hell, yeah. Gnashing the teeth. Nobody wants to talk about it, right? But see, if I don't tell you that, you can't make a good decision because you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. So that's the piece of the puzzle. You don't have to go. Hell wasn't designed for you to go. Heaven was designed for you to live internally. My buddy sent me a note the other day. You know when you're the preacher at work, they send you all types of stuff. Some good, some crazy. And my buddy wrote this down, and he took a picture of it. And it went something like this. He says, you know, a lot of times people say you got one life to live. Better live your life. You got to live your life, right? Live your life to the fullest. He wrote under there. He said, eternity is a long time. Get prepared. I said, man, maybe they are listening at work a little bit. 
See, eternity is a long time. Get prepared, right? But God made a way. Look at this. I said Jonah changed his heart, and it changed his course. Man, when you get a heart change, it'll change everything in your life. You ever see that? It's crazy. Y'all probably saw that. What, what's that movie we watch every Christmas? The, the Christmas Carol? What is it? No, the other one, the guy goes, 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 goes to Christmas past. That's right, the Scrooge. Now, I know it's just a movie. We watch it every year. You can see I'm right on it. <laughs> okay. Rolling again. Yeah, when you were little, you watched that movie, right? When the, when the, when the ghosts start coming in, you say, I, I got to get some more popcorn. You know, and, all right. Why? Because fear and reverence is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. It'll direct your, your eyes and your heart on the right thing. Amen? But even in that movie, I know it's just a movie, it changed everything, didn't it? He had a joyful heart. How many people got a joyful heart here? How many people have a heart of gratitude? You know, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's amazing. And you'll see that, and you know where you see it mainly? You'll see it when people have been through some stuff. They come out the other side. Because it's just stuff, and it's just different things. And it does, when you think about that, people always think it's about money and everything. Sometimes it's just listening. Sometimes just being a good friend. Sometimes just saying, maybe giving some good counsel, hopefully godly counsel. Maybe it just might be, hey, man, did you pray about that? I tell the story about this from time to time. I always wanted an old-timey truck. Finally, ended up getting an older truck. But we were going down the road one day, and they had like a little car show, and I saw this truck. Oh, it was nice. Purple. I know Denise was already, that ain't coming home. Right? <laughs> that will not be coming to our house. And I saw that, and I just, I mean, I thought she was just excited about it as I was because she knew I had been looking. I mean, this is the one. This is great. I pull in there sideways. I think she's talking, but I don't hear nothing because I'm hearing the angelic truck choir going, bring it yours, bring it yours. I'm going, whoa, look at that. I was out there. I'm sniffing it, boy. I'm kicking it. I'm looking at Denise. I'm not realizing what I see is, must have been the light in my eye. She corrected that. Anyway, so I got up over there, and I told I said, man, I said, this, this truck is for sale, right? This, you're not just kidding, right? I said, this is the year. This is, this is the year, baby. And she said, get in the car. Get out there. <laughs> oh, it gets better. So I get out there, and I tell the guy, I say, man, look. I said, uh, how long are you going to be here? He said, I'm going to be here a couple more hours. I was like, man, okay. I'm thinking, man, I'm thinking, okay, I got the mason jar. I got the pillar. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, ready to, I'm just ready to hock the whole house. I'm ready to go, man, right? This four kids was coming on the scene too, right? We, we, me and Denise were just out and hanging out, you know? And I get out there, and I get back in the car. I said, hey, what did you think of that truck? She said, it's old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's the one. I said, did you see the fenders? Did you see, the, did you see them rims on it? Everything shining. And she turned around, had the nerve to say, but do we need that? Come up there talking some sense in the middle of my dream. <laughs> and then, this is exactly what I said. She said, did you, did you actually pray about that? And I said, I know the only reason you want me to pray about it is because God's going to tell me we don't need it. <laughs> So we went to Sammy and Nixon, got a hamburger boat, and that's what we did. Because <laughs> she was right. <laughs> but in that moment, I was like, yeah, what do you mean? What's going on? Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean, what's going on? What? You lost your mind. I had to repent. 
But you know what? That is the whole thing. It came, actually came out of my mouth. You're just saying that because you know God don't want me to have it. She said, it's not that I don't want you to have it. I don't think it's a good time for us to buy it, right? Yeah, right again, I'll tell you what. Sure does help, she's so pretty. I'm trying to get back, that's been 15 years ago, I'm trying to get back on top. <laughs> yeah, baby, it's a good deal. But you know what? Think about this. When Jonah changed his heart, it changed his course. When my wife helped me to look at the big picture, it changed my course. Thank the Lord she was there, because boy, I'd have had a knot on my head when I drove that thing home, boy. Woo-hoo, yeah. <laughs> I, all I can tell you is this, if you're buying a Harley Davidson and you don't get clearance, buy it with a couch. <laughs> Just buy it with a couch. I will tell you that real fast. And, and, and I love my girl, man. She's, she's, got, she's got the smart Santa look in the family. I know y'all didn't have to, have to think twice on that. But man, when I got my motorcycle, I said, baby, I like that motorcycle. I like that motorcycle. I like that motorcycle. She says, you know what? It's dangerous. I've been riding all my life. Boy, you start bringing it on. I've been riding all my life. I had a bike when I was five. Oh, man, I was just preaching it, boy, I thought. Yeah. And then she said this. Let me help you guys. You know what? You're going to do what you want to do anyway. I'm tired of talking about it. Let me help you all with that. That does not mean yes. <laughs> that did not mean yes. Because when I brought home that bike and we rode it off there, everybody's like, woo, we got that motorcycle. Vroom, vroom, vroom. And that, I mean, that bike is loud. And it's good. And Denise came to the door and went, "Woo!" Heard it right over top of the motorcycle. <laughs> this ain't gonna be good. It's sold now. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I I'm putting it on my girl because she, she's she's got the best sense here. But sometimes we just don't get it, do we? We just don't get it. And again, it wasn't that she was trying to keep anything good from me just wasn't the best at the time. It wasn't that she didn't want me to have a motorcycle. She wanted me to be around to see Addie and the rest of the 27 grandchildren we're going to have one day probably. <laughs> let's, let's go back and return to God here on this one. Oh, my goodness. You know what? If we obey God, he will direct our steps. That's what I'm saying here. If we just trust God, if we just respond to his amazing grace and what he wants to do, It'll be amazing how God will work in us. Let's take a look at this. I'm going to pick this up here a little bit. I said the purpose of God's judgment is correction, not revenge. God's not out to hurt you. He wants to be a blessing to you. But here's the thing. It's just like with our children. If they're not responsible with what you gave them, can you give them more? It, also, it starts to be detrimental to them if, you, if, if not the case. You know what I mean? So I, I think as we go through, we start seeing the different things that God wants to use us for and, and use in our life. God revealed himself through grace and forgiveness. If you look at the rest of that story, he speaks those eight words, and he's still got a hardened heart. I'm talking about Jonah. And you could go through there and, and look at those four chapters this week. I encourage you to do this. And the very thing that he comes out, and this is, I'm just going to put it in my own words. Can you imagine this? He says, that's why I didn't want to go, because I knew you'd end up saving them. Wow, we need a little heart check, don't we? But you know what? Maybe that's why the Lord just told me to tell you the story about that, that, that truck. Because I said, well, that's the very reason you want me to pray, because he's not going to, you know what? Yeah, same thing. 
His heart was still hardening in the midst of that, but God still used him. But God was showing him grace, and God was showing him mercy. Not only was he showing for all the people in Nineveh, but he was still interested in the heart of one man. I don't know how many people's in here. I don't know how many people's online. I don't know how many people that will hear this later, next year, whatever, like this. I want to tell you something. If you're listening here today, God is about you. He's about everything else and everybody else, but you know what? You've got to make it personal. Our whole message is about making a decision. Will you make it today? Will you make it personal? Let's keep on rolling with this. Pick up the pace a little bit. God spared the sailors when they pleaded for mercy when we go back through the story. God saved Jonah when he prayed from the inside of the fish. God restored the people of Nineveh when they responded to Jonah's preaching. It's not our hearing God's word that pleases him, but our responding obedient to his word. We can hear a lot of things. Are you acting on that? Are they acting on that? You can say you're saved. You can say you go to church and, you can, and, and then act like the devil. People's not going to understand that, right? They're going to watch your actions. They're going to see how you're living it out. How are we living it out? How are we working in that? At your work, at your business, at Bible study, when they cut you off in the line, when you're in food line, everything. How, how is that? Working itself out so that God is glorified. I said, God saves all who call upon a name by grace through faith. It's always about him, his finished work on the cross. It's about him rescuing us out of a place called hell so that we can live for him so other people can see our life and we can preach the gospel and we can share the message of God so that people will turn from their sin and turn back to him. It's about him. Look at this. This is the theme of grace. I wrote this down a while back, and I just want to walk through this a little bit. I said God's grace is active, activated by his love for us. It's, what, what, why does he do that? Because he loves us. When you have children, you do stuff that you would have never done before, and then you get grandkids, you lose your mind. You do, I mean, you're standing, I mean, I remember, what is that thing that tickled me, Elmo doll? When they were out, Thomas 101, I went to 937 stores trying to find one, I think. We were all over the place. Finally found one. He goes, oh, that's nice. And he want to play with a box. You know what I mean? It, it's just crazy. Y'all have had that happen, haven't you? Have all this, I'm thinking, I'm missing something here. I'm missing something here. But you know what? As we look at it as believers, each one of us has been dipped and the grace of God's redemption through Christ Jesus. Amen. We've been set in the family because of what Christ has done when we receive it by faith. I started to say this, and I don't think I did. This has been going around in my mind a little bit, doing these funerals and stuff. I think people in general think that we default to heaven when we die. I'm going to explain that. They just say, well, Uncle Joe's gone. He's gone to heaven. No, Uncle Joe ain't gone to heaven if he's rejected Jesus Christ or anybody else. Oh, well, yeah, but they're a nice guy. There's a lot of nice guys ain't going to make the grade because it took the perfect sacrifice of Christ. That's how important it was. That's how Holy God is. I want y'all to hear about that. How holy God is. We're not just going to come to God any old way. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know what? You're going to be coming through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. And see, there's a point that a man wants to die than the judgment. 
How, how often? Y'all flip through TV a little bit? Y'all hear anybody talk about judgment on the preaching channel usually? Not a whole bunch, right? It's true. It's true. But I get around a couple hundred people and we're going through stuff and everything else and I can see what's going on when I'm talking to them. I'm thinking, they just must think everybody's going to heaven. And that hurts my heart. And they, if they would ask me, buddy, are you going to heaven? I'd go, absolutely. Because you're a nice guy? Nope. Oh, because you're a preacher? Nope. Because you help a little old lady across the street? No. One reason and one reason only. Because I put my faith and trust in what Christ did. I couldn't add to it. I couldn't do anything else. It's by grace that I'm saved through faith, not of myself. It is a gift to God. I opened that gift probably 30-some years ago, 20-some years ago. And, and you know what? I find that I'm still opening that gift. You say, well, what do you mean? That I'm still seeing more of God's grace in my life. We're secure in him. He said, no one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. Talks about it in John uh, 10, 27 through like 30. We're secure in him. But I don't want to do this thing halfway. How about y'all? I want to do it the best I can. The Lord was showing me some stuff the other night, and one of the things that I wrote down in my time of journaling, share with me this. He said, the grave could not hold the promise. Let me tell you what that means. It means that the grave could not hold Jesus. He overcame the grave. For us. He rose on the third day. He's sitting on the right hand side of God. See that stone wasn't rolled away so he could get out. The stone was rolled away so we could look in and realize it is finished. Somebody say amen. Man. God, how would you use our life if we would just repent? Repentance is a result of understanding and responding to our dependence upon God. Whew. How many know that they need God? Have you ever been in that place in your life? Say, I don't need nobody. I do it myself. I just do it myself. Boy, we get it. you got to do the lip when you do it. I just do it myself. We get all tough, right? I'm going to tell you what. Life's a whole lot tougher than I am. But God's filled with a whole lot more grace than we'll ever understand with this little mind. He's so full of grace. He's so full of mercy. He's so full of love. But you know what? That's what we need. That forgiveness breaks the chains of sin and releases us into the freedom that Jesus Christ purchased for us. See, there's something about freedom. Anybody ever been on restriction? You want some freedom, boy. I'll, I'll give you one more story. How are we looking? Buffet line ain't even started. Y'all good? Yeah. I remember me and my buddy hanging out. This is a long time ago for my kids. This is Way long time ago. Dad does nice things now, right? We got out, and we were hanging out, and we were drinking stuff that, that, that probably could have run a jet plane on. Yeah. That ain't good. I should have known we should have stopped drinking it when my buddy spit it out and lit it, and it went, whew. I don't think that's good for us. Give me another one. Yeah. Not good. Not good. And I remember... That my buddy's brother come and said, hey, look, mom knows you're out here hanging out and everything else. You need to get home. I said, ha, ha, I ain't got to go home. You going home, man? You going home? I'm just an idiot, right? So my buddy gets halfway home. He said, my brother won't tell on me. I'll just run. So he ran. <laughs> Not only was he running from God, he ran from his mama, too. That wasn't a good plan. 
And so I thought, oh, man, don't get worried about it. Say, I'm going to be the calmer. I'm going to be, I'm going to bring some, some sense to the combination, uh, the situation. And then they said, uh, well, I don't know what you're laughing about because your pops are looking for you. I said, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go right now because I knew my dad would whip me from the location to the station all the way. Not a good plan. So I got there, and you know what? He wasn't happy. But he was more disappointed in me than anything. And that really hurt my heart that my dad was disappointed in me. And I remember it was a long night that night. But it was a longer morning. Because that's the day that it's about 950 degrees out front of our house in Buckrow. And my dad decides, well, dear big daddy, we're going to clean up the yard. We're going to trim every bush. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me just help y'all. The trimmers were like this. It wasn't none of this. It was this. And long about 2 o'clock, when I crawled back in there, he said, how you doing? I said, I, 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 I'm I, I, not good. He said, yeah, what y'all got playing tonight? I said, nothing. <laughs> not a thing. Nothing. <laughs> That'll get your mind right. See, you say, buddy, why do you tell us these crazy stories? Because I want, I want you to know that, you know what? I'm preaching to me first. I have not always made the best decisions. But I'm going to tell you what, God will still use you when you turn back to him. Amen. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for a mom and dad to make you hold the line. Amen? It wasn't like they looked over it. You, you would have thought maybe, yeah, no. They loved us enough to show us what was right. And see, nowadays, people get that all out of whack. I love you enough to tell you that not only is there a place called heaven, there's a place called hell, and I don't want you to go to hell. Nobody wants to hear that. You don't need to hear it if you know Jesus. You already know that you're secure in him. And because of God's grace, that whole theme right there, it's activated by his love, our repentance and turning to him and putting our faith and trust in the Lord is all about what he's done for us. So here's the deal. As we go through this today, if you came in here today and you're not 100% sure that if you take your last breath that you would go to heaven, you can know. All right? If you're here today and you say, well, yeah, you know, I probably need to get serious with the Lord. Guess what? Today's a great day to do that. If you're here today and you say, well, you know, I know all that. I've heard all that stuff, but everything else. Okay, that's good. But you know what? How is God taking you to the next level in your relationship? You got married folks here that have been married for a long time. You keep working in that relationship, right? You keep growing in that relationship. You know, hopefully you love your wife more now than the day you married her. I don't know. I do. I ain't going to ask her. Because I know she'll say yes. But it's going to be a long ride home today. You know, I tell you what. You know, the good news is this. That God is full of love. And that's what I want people to see in my life. I want them to say, that guy's different. Not by what he has material-wise, but what he has spiritually. When you turn around and you just say, hey, man, you know what? I just want to leave it a little bit better than it was when I came through. When, when, you know, when, when you're dealing with somebody and it's like, Lord, give me the peace and the patience. Lord, give me the words to speak to their life. Lord, give me the, the opportunity to speak to them. You know what? There's a lot of times that no is a good answer, you know? 
You can't do everything and be everything for everybody. But there's times that, you know what, when you turn around and you know that God has nudged you to do something, do it with everything you got. Don't turn around and just go, oh, I got to go do this today. And I know, you know what? I've done that before. And the Lord puts it on my heart and goes, I'm giving you an opportunity today. I'm giving you an opportunity to shine for me. So what opportunity has God given you today? What opportunity is God working in our life that, you know, he wants to turn around and say, hey, you know what? There's so many things that you could be doing, but the best thing is to be doing things for him. I said, Lord's more interested in your character than your location. You know, I think what happens is, is as when things get tough and things get tight, we really see what we're made of. And I don't know about you, there's times in my life I go, wow, I didn't know that was there. Some good, some bad. But we're a work in progress, and God loves us enough to continue to work in our progress. I say this before, you know, God has chosen us, the body of Christ, to be the difference makers, man. God wants us to use our life in a mighty way so that people turn from the world and turn to Christ. That they come to the altar and say, Lord, I need you. That they turn around and say, hey, what is going on there? But if you look now, a lot of times if you look at the church, right, it doesn't look much different than the world. But it should. Our life should look different. It's a tough message. Guess what? But it is the message. That's the message. It's the challenge. Will you make that decision? Will you make a decision today? It's like, hey, what is your decision? First decision. Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, I went to church before. No, I didn't ask you that. Oh, my grandmother plays the organ. I didn't ask you that. I put $20 in the plate. Didn't ask you that. If you die tonight, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Well, I think so. I hope so. This is not a hope so thing. Why would you ever risk eternity on a hope so? I got to have a no so. And our no so is Jesus Christ. Our no so is the finished work of the cross, man. Today we got to know that. Please, if you're listening, if you're here, I'm looking at all the cameras. I'm looking at all the people. I'm listening. I'm speaking to anybody that will listen to this message. Lord, get me out of the way and show them. It's about Jesus. We do not default to heaven. We have a choice, and we must choose the only way to heaven. And through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know any other way to make it any clearer. I don't know any other way to make it clear. Lord, touch their hearts. I wrote a few notes down here. I said, there's no secrets hidden in the truth. The truth is unchanged like God is unchanging, for he is the truth. Daily trials are opportunities for growth and strength in the Father. As a power-filled preaching of the Word of God will bring forth the miraculous blessings of the Lord. Testimonies are grown by the level of faith that is displayed in the Lord. Be courageous, be confident. And this one thing he tells us is, I will not leave one of my children behind. Let me tell you what. That's the peace that passes all understanding. As bad as this world gets, as crazy as things get, as painful as it gets, as bad as the doctor report gets, as, as short as the money gets, the mean as the, 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 the principal gets, whatever the case is, it's not going to thwart what God said he's going to do. And God can use that for us to cling on even tighter. But he ain't going nowhere. So let me ask you something today. You know what? We've made decisions. We've been disobedient. Turn it around today. Turn it around today. 
You know God has been putting his finger on your life to say you're sorry to somebody or to come to him or be forgiven or forgive yourself or to do whatever it is. You know what that is. That's between you and God and the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Lord will prick our hearts to show us what that is today. See, this is what happens. God chooses to use a man to speak the word. But God uses the Holy Spirit to bring action from the word that makes any sense. He will do the work in your heart. He will give you the strength to do what you need to do. Hey, sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's not convenient. But it's always going to be beneficial. It's always going to be beneficial. And the biggest benefit that any of us could have is calling on the name of Jesus. It's extended to you right here, right now, today. Let us pray. Father God, I pray today that the message was heard with open hearts. Lord, I don't know what each one's going through, but I, I know this, we all need you. And I know that, Lord, that your time, you continue to show us that there's an urgency, an urgency about people coming to the saving knowledge of you. And Father, I ask right now, to use these words of your humble servant, Lord, for them just to show me how to make it so clear that our sin separates us from you. The Bible says all the sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's weighty impact. That's, that's real stuff. What do we do? What must we do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you got something heavy on your heart, and you want to be prayed for, come on up. I'm going to take a minute. I'll take an hour. It doesn't matter. But I'll pray with you. There's others that are praying with you. If you're here and you never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and that's something you know you need to do today, do it. What must I do? The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But here's the deal. I'm going to break it down like this. Do you know Jesus? Have you asked him, Lord, come into my life, forgive me of my sin. Lord, today I got to make this thing right, right here, right now. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. But you can know. There's no other name that's ever been spoken that can save you. Money don't forgive sin. Good looks don't forgive sin. Donations don't give, forgive sin. Only the blood of Christ. So today, if that's you, ask the Lord, Lord, I believe. See, there's a repentance that needs to be done. We need to realize that we need him. See, we leave the repentance part out. We need to turn and stop running from God and run to God. Would you be so bold to run to God today? Would you be so bold and, and ask the Lord to give you the, just courage to step out? I promise you, friends, I promise you, it'll be the best thing you've ever done in your life. Don't put it off for tomorrow. Don't waste another day. There is urgency for the souls of the lost. And so, Father, today I pray, if it's just one, I, I know there's got to be more. If there's anyone here that needs to know you, I pray that today you take this message and you don't let it go and just work it in their heart till they turn from the world, turn from the sin and turn back to you. Lord, we know we can't live a perfect life. That's why you came. Lord, we know we can't 
live up to our end of the bargain. That's why there's grace and mercy. But we sincerely come to you today, Lord, asking you to help us and to save us. We put our faith in you. We believe you're the Son of God that takes away the sin of the world. And the Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So, Father, you are an awesome God. You took a, a, a hardcore, rebellious man, Jonah, and worked on his heart so that your message could go out and save a whole city. Lord, I'm just asking you to save the one that's here today so that they, they could tell the, the good news to somebody tomorrow in the next day, in the next day. I'm asking for the person that's listening to this right now to just, just get real with you and call on the name of Jesus. I'm asking for the ones that, that, that would never share this message to hit the button and share it for somebody else if it's not for them. And if it is for them, that they receive it. Because God, we need you and we need you now. And Father God, I ask you to work through this message in a way like nobody ever could. You took eight words that you gave to Jonah. Take the words you gave to me today to transform life for Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. If you tuned in today, you got any questions about the message, don't hesitate to, to, to give us a shout out. We want you to know the one true God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.